I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 316 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, as you know, First Class Fatherhood was the winner of the 2020 Family Is People's Choice Award for podcasting. Those awards were named in honor of Linda and Richard Iyer, who are among the most popular speakers in the world on parenting and family life. They have authored a numerous amount of books on the subject of parenting. They are New York Times bestselling authors who have appeared on Oprah, The Today Show, 60 Minutes, Good Morning America, and many others. They have raised nine children and have helped countless families throughout their careers. When Richard sent me the email telling me that I was nominated for the award, I was completely humbled. And then to win the Family Is Award was just such an honor. I'm so happy to have the opportunity to speak with him today. Richard Iyer will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And I am shifting a few things around here with the schedule of guests, so make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here on Friday. I have some incredible guests lined up to join me throughout the month here, so make sure you keep it locked in to First Class Fatherhood. And last week's interview with Drinking Bros podcast co-host Ross Patterson has really been crushing the downloads. I've been receiving a tremendous amount of good feedback from the interview, so if you missed out on that one, please flip it back and take a listen. And it's hard to believe that at the end of this month, it will mark two years since I began this podcast. I cannot say thank you enough for all of you listening out there. I got a little something special planned. Uh, you guys have been so great in supporting me throughout this whole process. And please continue that support by spreading the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Richard Iyer. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. What's doing, guys? I am humbled and honored to announce that First Class Fatherhood is the winner of the Linda and Richard Iyer Family Is People's Choice Award for podcasting. I cannot say thank you enough to all of you listeners out there who voted. I was nominated alongside some just powerhouse podcasters, including former guest of First Class Fatherhood, Dave Hollis, who alongside of his wife, Rachel Hollis, was nominated for their podcast, Rise Together. Also nominated was Janet Lansbury, Debbie Reber, Jody Moore, Dr. Justin Coulson, Dr. Meg Meeker, Jessica Dahlquist, Heidi and Dave Kozlowski, and Rachel Nielsen. It is inspiring to see the interest in family-centered podcasting, and I'm just proud to be a part of it. I truly think that if we can get back to focusing on our family values, strengthening our family units, and reduce the number of kids growing up without a dad in their life, the majority of the problems that we're seeing in our country would start to dissolve rapidly. I'm Alec Lace. Thanks again for voting for First Class Fatherhood. Uh, joining me now, a first-class father, Richard Iyer. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, thank you, Alec. It's a pleasure to be with you, and it's a pleasure to be referred to as a first-class father. That's what I strive for. Yeah, and that's where you are. Let's start it right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? Well, we got nine of them, Alec, and some people are a little taken back by that, but... Uh, what you should know is when we got married, uh, my wife said she wanted 10 kids, and I said I wanted two, and so we compromised at nine. <laughs> <laughs> but we love them all, and uh, they're all grown up now and out in the world doing great things, and we're struggling to just keep up with them. We got uh, 
you know, one lives in Zurich and one lives in London and one lives in Maui. And so we're on the plane all the time just visiting grandkids. Wow, that's incredible, Richard. What were like the most, uh, what, what kind of sports or activities were they all into growing up? Were they all over the map or did they all focus kind of in the same sports? Well, that's a great question. You know, we really, um, we really just loved the sporting world. And I had two boys that are tall. I had a six nine son and a six seven son. They were both uh, high school all American basketball players. Went on to play in college. So basketball is kind of our main thing, along with tennis. I tried to keep them out of football because I was worried about concussions even before that was fashionable to be worried about it. <laughs> did, did you ever did you ever get involved with uh, coaching them at all, Richard? I loved the coaching. I coached all of them as little guys. We had a league called Biddy Basketball, and uh, I I would slick back my hair. I was trying to get the Pat Riley look, you know, and I'd be out there coaching them. And you learn a lot about your kids when you're coaching them, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, before we go too much further, Alec, I got to just congratulate you on winning the Family Is Award for the Best Parenting Podcast. I mean, you were up against, speaking of competition, you were up against some big, big hitters. You you were up against podcasters that have 10 million followers, and you won the award, buddy. Yeah, Richard, I can't tell you what an honor that was in the award, man. That is an impressive piece. I got it uh, last week, and it's a it's a heavy uh, looking piece. I got to make sure I uh, put that in a stable place so the kids don't end up firing it out the window, you know. But it's uh, very impressive. And I was I was so honored to even be nominated for that thing, Richard. To be honest with you, when I got the email first telling me I was nominated, I thought maybe it was a spam email. I said, "What's this all about?" You know, and I took a look at it. I said, "Wow, this thing is legit," you know. So. Uh, I was just honored to be included with all them people. Well, I feel honored, too. They asked uh, Linda and I to be the uh, the honorary chairman of those awards just because of some of our books. And uh, I love the idea that people are being recognized now for their family-friendly online content. I mean, we run into parents, so many parents, and especially dads who are like, they think the Internet, they think social media is the enemy of their family. Like, you know. It's going to ruin my kids. It's going to distract me and so on. And so I think it's so great that people like you who help. Yeah, I appreciate it, Richard. And you know what? I, I never had any social media accounts until I started the podcast. So I kind of came in real green into the social media field and didn't really know what to expect. I never had any personal accounts. So I, I, I seen right away all the negativity that is on there. And I've just decided to just avoid that completely and just, uh, you know, put my message out there and let the chips fall where they may, you know? Well, people, people ask us, you know, we're supposedly parenting experts and they say, should we just get off of social media? And my answer is no, just be selective, be discerning, find the good stuff that's on there and avoid the bad stuff and you'll be fine. But anyway, not to distract our conversation, but I just wanted to throw that out there. And, and people who want to know more about these awards, it's pretty simple. Just go to awards.family.is, I-S, and you can find, and you'll, there you are, Alec. There you are as one of the, one of the seven winners. So, again, good job, man. Yeah, thanks, Rich. I'm going to drop a link in the description of this podcast episode. This way, uh, my listeners should just tap the link, get over there and find out more about it. Um, okay. Perfect, perfect. If you could, Richard, if you could just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. 
Well, yeah, thanks, Alec. I, you know, I, I went, I was a Harvard Business School kind of a management consultant guy, and I was just, uh, I'll tell you, I got to a point in my life where I was traveling so much that I, I suddenly realized one night that I was, that I was losing contact with some of my kids. I mean, I won't go into detail, but it was a poignant experience, and I, I ended up making some adjustments in my life, and it really boiled down to the fact that I realized, luckily before it was too late, that fatherhood is the most important role I've got. I don't care what your other roles are. I don't care if you're a major league pitcher or if you're a a big-time business guy or whatever you are. There's nothing more important in your life than your kids, And, and, you know, we do a lot of speaking around the country and we, we run into a lot of people who are, you know, in their fifties and they're looking back and their biggest regret is that they lost touch with their kids and they didn't, they didn't understand that they only had a few years to prioritize those kids. Their kids are grown up and gone now and they don't have a relationship with them because they didn't spend the time necessary to really establish an emotional bank account with those children and it's a great tragedy when that happens and part of our mission is to try to reach young dads and wake them up before they get so distracted and suddenly they turn around and their kids have grown up and gone yeah and you know what richard even like saying that you have nine kids it's like years ago it seemed like you know the families they had uh, you know, people had bigger families and smaller places right. to live. And today people have bigger places to live in smaller families. Like even over here, when I tell people I have four kids, a lot of times people look at me like I got four heads and they're like, wow, four kids. So what are you doing? You know? So, uh, I think we've kind of somewhere along the line here, we, we, we've, uh, we, we've got our priorities kind of mixed up or skewed here. Well, that's right, Alec. And I, you know, it's not about how many you have, it's how good a job you do with them. I've got uh, my son, the one I mentioned that was the, the big basketball player, um, he just has one daughter, but boy, is he a good dad. I mean, he is so devoted to her. And then I, I've got another son. It happens to be the other one that, that played a lot of college basketball. He has six children and I watched the two of them. And you know, what's important is, is however many you have, you got to treat each of them as an individual. Parenting's not a group activity. You know that. I mean, you can get your four kids together and have a good time with them. But the real parenting, the real fathering is when you're one-on-one with one of those kids and you're really getting into it. You're really forming a bond, a relationship that'll last forever. And we always tell parents, you know, concentrate on one at a time have a little daddy date with with a, with a child once every week where he you know it's just you and that child or if you got too many have it once every two weeks or every three weeks but but just bond with that child as an individual and that'll pay dividends the rest of your life yeah well said richard and, and you know what uh you know you've been in this parenting game for a long time we've said you know things today that we have that weren't available back then like social media so many different aspects we have some of them could be a positive some could be a negative well, what do you see as the biggest challenges facing the young dads out there today? Well, I think the biggest one is the distraction. And, you know, you make a good point. Distraction used to come mainly in the form of your career and your finances and the other things you were doing. Now you've still got those same things, but you add to it 
all the online stuff and all the other access we have to things. And if you get too busy and you forget that those kids are your first priority, boy, time can go by and you can, you can find yourself in a tough place. I, I actually uh, did a book. In fact, I'm going to offer it to, to your listeners for free. Uh, years ago, when I was a young dad, I did a book called Simplified Fathership. And the reason I called it that is because I, I felt like dads, dads and moms are a little different. I mean, you can, have, you can hand a mom a thousand-page book on motherhood, and she'll probably read it. But dads wanted a little, a little slimmer than that. They want something they can get into in a hurry. And this is just a small book. But here's the interesting thing. The basic claim of it is that it's our attitudes that, that make a difference. And when I was a young dad, I used to I used to run a lot. And while I was running, I would I'd had four words in my mind that described the kind of dad I wanted to be. And they all start with a C. And I would just say them to myself as I'm running. The first one is confidence. I want to give my kids confidence. The second one is calmness. I want to be calm when I'm around them so they'll feel relaxed. The third one is concentrate. And that was concentrate on one at a time, one at a time, because that's how you become a good dad. And the fourth one was be a consultant. And what I meant by that, I was a management consultant in real life. And I, and I wanted to be a consultant with my kids in the sense I don't want to give them all the answers. A good consultant asks a lot of good questions, right? And a good consultant says, what do you want to do? What do you think should happen? What do you feel good about? I wanted to be a guy who guided my kids but not pushed them. And to me, that means being a consultant and saying, it's your goals I want to help you with. I want to, I want to be the wind beneath your sails, but I don't want to tell you what to do. I want to find, I want you to find your own gifts and I want to help you use them. Yeah, that's awesome, Richard. And you know what, on that, I usually love to ask the dads about discipline. You ha you having nine kids, what type of disciplinarian were you as a father? And was it a lot different than the discipline style you grew up with? Boy, that's a great question, Alec. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna surprise you a little. I don't like the word discipline because it sort of implies to most dads, you know, you gotta have a way to punish them or you gotta have a way to put them in line and so on. I don't, I never felt like I wanted my kids to obey me. I wanted them to obey a set of rules or laws. And one of the best things we ever did in our family is we set up some simple family laws and it wasn't about discipline it was about hey we've agreed on these laws we've agreed on what the punishments or the consequences i didn't even use the word punishment what are the consequences if you break this law i'll give you an example we only had four of them and one of the four was peace and that meant you're not going to fight with your brothers and sisters if you do you're going to go, the consequence, which we had talked about and which they'd all agree on, you're going to go sit on this bench that we called the repenting bench. The two of you who are fighting are going to go sit on that bench, and the only way you get off that bench is when you repent essentially to your sibling. You say, I'm sorry. You, you figure out what you did wrong because it takes two to tangle. You don't go on about what the other kid did. You figure out what you did wrong. You say, I'm sorry. You give the other kid a hug, and then you can leave. So my point is, the best discipline is not 
ad hoc where suddenly the kid does something wrong and you you punish him the best the best form of discipline is to have some established laws within your home that the kids have helped to create they've helped to decide what the laws are what the consequences should be and then you have a system you have a track to run on you don't have to make it up as you go along and when something happens you just the consequence comes into play and then you're you've got an organized household with real standards yeah i love that richard i mean like you said my four kids they each respond differently to uh to, to discipline or to rules and they they each have their own way that they need to kind of be uh, uh parented you know especially um like for instance i have one kid you could tell him not to touch the stove and he'll listen the other one you tell him don't touch the stove he won't do it till he sticks his hand in there and burns it and then he'll never touch it again so um they definitely uh, require uh, different styles uh for sure and how about as far as you've been through this now and uh, you know my youngest is a girl like i said she's only five now and i'm already dreading that uh dating scene to come down the line you've already been through all this how did you kind of handle the uh the dating scene with your kids uh, and did you handle it different with your with your sons and your daughters? Dads, are you tired of taking supplements that never deliver? Well, Redcon One was created to ensure that you get real hardcore products that deliver real results. Trusted by four-time world strongest man Brian Shaw and founded by supplement entrepreneur Aaron Singerman, Redcon One is crushing the industry. You have to try their MRE bars, which are packed full of nutritious food sources that will replenish your system when you need it most. And they taste so good, your toddler will think they're eating a candy bar. But we're talking whole food meal replacement. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 20% on their entire order from Redcon 1. Simply use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. So let's go, dads. For the highest state of readiness, choose Redcon 1. Visit Redcon1.com, use the promo code FATHER, and save 20%. You've been through this now, and, you know, my youngest is a girl, like I said, she's only five now, and I'm already dreading that uh, dating scene to come down the line. You've already been through all this. How did you kind of handle the uh, the dating scene with your kids, uh, and did you handle it different with your with your sons and your daughters? Oh, great question, Alec. I think that uh, the... <laughs> The important thing about dating and about relationship with the opposite sex is you're you're if you're lucky enough to be a two parent family, if you're a dad that has a partner, has a wife, the example you set in terms of how you treat your wife is going to influence those kids, especially your sons, more than anything else you can ever do. And I and I um and, and the way they treat their mother, you know, I I used to I remember one day I'd always say, you know, if the kids were disrespectful to their mom, I'd say, hey, you can't treat your mother that way. And that sometimes worked and sometimes it didn't. But one day, kind of by chance, I said, you know, one of them was back talking to to my wife, Linda. And I said, hey, you will not talk to my wife that way. And suddenly it was like, oh, that's right. She's not only my mom, she's your wife. And you got to teach kids to really have that uh, that respect. But here's the real answer to your question. I think what dads need to try to do, and this will sound a little funny, but we want to retard our kids' social growth. We don't want 13-year-olds going on dates. We don't want 12-year-olds hanging out with members of the opposite sex and experimenting sexually and so on. 
we want to put that off as long as we can. We want to say, hey, have a good time, have a group of friends, have them come over the house, let's all have a good time, and let's put off the serious relationships until a little later. Our goal, this will sound unrealistic to some, but our goal, we didn't want them to get involved in a lot of heavy one-on-one dating until they were at least 16. And that was our goal. We wanted to, res- we wanted to push that back and, and have them, you know, be involved with our family as much as possible and put off the dating, the heavy dating at least, until they were 16 years old. Yeah, and, and I think that would be the ideal, Richard. And I think one of the things we face with this is that just that they have access to so much information at such an earlier age. And, and it's, you know, we try to do our best with the technology as far as our 13-year-old just got his phone this year. Uh, but, you know, it's locked and we have it monitored. But it, it, at his school, God knows, all you need is one kid that's got an unlocked phone and the access they have. Just exactly. Like Googling a naked woman, what's going to pop up is going to be thousands of pages of, of videos. So it's, uh, it, it, I mean, it is challenging in that aspect to kind of, you know, to keep it all away from them at that early age. Hang on. Let me say one thing about that, Alec. I think you, you hit a really important point. Trying to restrict our kids. I mean, yeah, you should have some rules about their phone use and so on. And you should certainly have them turn those phones in at night so they don't take them to their room in the, in the nighttime because that's when the worst stuff happens. But having said that, what we're really trying to teach them is discernment. We're, we're really trying to teach them to govern themselves. And I think it's so important for parents to get out in front of these things. Another one of our books is called How to Talk to Your Children About Sex. And it advocates that the, the dad and the mom together need to have this big talk about sex with kids when they're eight years old. If you let it go too long, then your kids are getting all their information from their peers and from online, and you're trying to play catch-up football. You want to be a preemptive strike and be the first one to talk to them about intimacy and about sex. Yeah. Uh, wow, Richard. Yeah, that, that's I mean, it's so crazy to say that because eight years old, it seems so young to do that. But you're absolutely right. If we don't do it, they're going to get it. So they may as well get it from us. And it's well, and, and, and you can frame it positively, Alex. You can. Yeah, I mean, we, the, the basically why parents like this book, How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex, is because it's a dialogue. It says, here's what you say. Here's what the child will probably say. Here's what you say. Then the child will say this or this, and you say it's like a flow chart, so you can have that talk, and it's a positive talk. And then that little eight-year-old, he feels good about that. He goes out. A couple of years later, he runs into something online or he has a peer that tells him some off-color joke or whatever, and he's like, hey, I know the real facts. That's not going to bother me because my parents trusted me enough to tell me everything early. Yeah, well said. And how about, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how many grandchildren you have, but what was the kind of transition like for you going into the role of grandfather? And that's kind of, you got that title of a parenting expert. That's got to be a lot to live up to when your kids are, you know, in the mix there. And they say, hey, dad, you know, we need some help here. So how has that transition to grandfather been for you? And how many do you have? Well, we got 31 grandchildren, Alec. They're, they are the, they are the joy of our lives. I'm telling you what, we... Uh, <laughs> You know the old joke, if I'd known how fun grandparenting was, I'd have had grandkids first. But uh, <laughs> the thing you got to be careful, when you're a grandpa, the thing you got to be careful of is you 
the minute you start thinking you know more about those kids than their parents do, you're in a lot of trouble. You got to remember the stewardship for those those kids is is with your children who are their parents, and you got to be really careful about trying to tell them what to do. You you want to set yourself up again as a consultant where the basic idea is, hey, I'm here if you need me, but I but you got to understand I'm I want to play a supporting role to you. You're the parents, and you're the one that's going to have the inspiration and the insight on on your children. So in a way, the beauty of being a grandparent is the, the pressure's off. I mean, you can come in and try to do your best and uh, tell stories and, and be a fun grandpa, and you don't have the same responsibility those parents do. So you want to support your kids as the parents. That's the key thing. Yeah, definitely a role I'm looking forward to much later down the line, for sure. Yeah. Give that another 10, 20 years, Alex. <laughs> Uh, and well, listen, Richard, you've had so much success here already. You and your wife, uh, best-selling authors. You've had a, a tremendous career here. What kind of uh, what kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future? Well, you know, here's a crazy thing. I mean, I have a hard time thinking of myself as this old, but we're leaving later this month for the wedding of one of our granddaughters in Hawaii, and. Um, the very thought that I may sometime in the next few years be a great grandfather scares me half to death, but I'll tell you, it's a beautiful thing. And when dad's out there is if you put in the time and the effort, I mean, that's the question. You balance your mental effort. You say, am I putting as much effort into my fatherhood as I am into my job or my career? I don't say necessarily the same amount of time, but the same amount or more mental energy. The benefits of that are when you get to be an old guy like me, you're going to have a family around you that loves you and that you can still help and communicate with and love. And, and you're going to realize more and more as the year, years go by that that is your legacy. That's what it's all about. Anything else you've done will pale in comparison to uh, the legacy of your own children and your own family. That's that's what we've all got to keep reminding ourselves of. Yeah, well said, Richard. You probably stole some of the thunder there because the last question I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for the about-to-be father who's out there listening? What type of advice? Well, that, that's pretty much what I just said, but I I'm going to give you, uh, again, your listeners, we don't mention this to everyone, but we've got a site now called IrsFreeBooks.com, all strung together, Iers, E-Y-R-E-S, FreeBooks.com. And we've got most of our, our books. Once a publishing, you probably know this, Alec, once the copyright expires for these publishers, we get them back and we just put them online for free. And one of those books is this book called Simplified Fathership. And I want to invite any of your listeners, go to irisfreebooks.com, scroll down to Simplified Fathership, and that's, that's the advice I have for young dads. And if I were to boil it all down, again, I would say every day check yourself and say, my kids are my highest priority Am I living by that priority? And if you do that, if you remind yourself of it enough, you'll become your own kind of good dad. He won't be a dad just like you, Alex. He won't be exactly like me. He'll be his own best dad for his own unique kids. And that's what we're all striving to do. 
Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has really been an honor for me. I got to say, Richard Iyer, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood. Real pleasure, Alec. Thanks for all the work you do for dads all over the world. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Richard Iyer for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Locking into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here on Friday. Also, next week, I'll be hitting you with three bangers. Make sure you find out who they are. Follow me on that Instagram account. And if you can, subscribe to my YouTube channel. First Class Fatherhood is available on YouTube for you guys to watch a whole bunch of my interviews. I'm continuing to uh, constantly upload the backlog of First Class Fatherhood up to YouTube. So do me a favor. Hit me with a subscribe over there. I would greatly appreciate it. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers. Call